0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Um, w- well, w- w- when we started, we were really about more like post-hardcore, doom stuff. But uh, I think as a yeah, different musician, we all really enjoyed uh, black metal. And I think it was yeah, quite um, uh, natural for us to from Doom to something like more black metal. But we wanted to do something more aggressive. Um, also, all about the atmospheres, of course. We, we, we wanted, wanted to keep um, something more uh, hardcore, more chaotic. Uh, some of us comes, comes from very uh, experimental key chaotic um, bands
1: hey what's up everyone matt here from cryptopsy and the host of the vox and hops metal podcast i hope that you had a killer weekend i most certainly did this vox and hops episode is presented by heavy montreal heavy montreal are montreal's premier metal promoter and if you are ever in montreal trust me when i say this if you are looking for a killer show to go to heavy montreal will have you covered I am beyond stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that just loves extreme music and loves craft beer, well, you should definitely let them know that the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast exists. You could tell them that there are over 400 episodes where I sit down with some of the world's best metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while enjoying craft. Beers. If you would encourage one of your metalhead beer-loving friends to become a brand-new Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today on the podcast, I'm very stoked to be with Ron Lanai of RoarCal. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 445. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up everyone today? I'm very stoked to be with Ron Layani of RoarCal. Ron, how you doing?
0: I am good thank you um,
1: I love how this episode came together a lot of the times of Vox and Hops episodes are either like directly my friends and we, we, I reach out to my friends and they come on the podcast the first hundred episodes were like that and then I started doing publicist episodes where publicists would send me artists to be a part of the podcast and now here this is a special one because uh, my review crew released their top five albums of 2023 and my very good friend Jerry Monk Vox Hops's metal architect put your record, Rorcal's Silence, in his number two spot of 2023, and that is how this episode came together, so I'm stoked about that. Long introduction, just to say I'm happy to have you here, I'm happy to have Jerry Monk in my life, and I'm happy that he has good taste in music, right?
0: Yeah, I'm very happy to be here too.
1: Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives and music while enjoying craft beers. Now, it's It's a little cold where you are, and you're not quite in the mood for a beer, but what are you going to be drinking today, Ron, that you're going to be sharing? with everyone here
0: well i'm gonna drink some very regular mint tea
1: mint tea very nice i made one for my wife yesterday she's fighting a cold (laughs) and i made her a mint tea last
0: night yeah it's uh good for the freezing weather outside here in switzerland
1: you know it sort of fits the thematic of the chat i have set for us talking about black metal talking about satanism talking about all those wonderful things that really goes well With cold, cold weather and mint tea. On my side, I'm going to be drinking a Kanawaki Brewing Beer. This is a very cool brewery from here in Montreal, just outside of Montreal in the province of Quebec. Uh, They are on a native territory, and uh, they are the first native-owned brewery in Canada. I could be right there. I could be wrong there, but I feel like I got it right. This is a Kokua project. Uh, it's a session IPA. Middle of the day for me here, so why not a session IPA? 4.2%. Uh, this is was a project that was... I've had a few of these kokuas before, and it's uh, benefiting those impacted by Maui wildfires. Uh, So good project, good brewery. Let's see if it's a good beer. I'm going to crack this, pour it out, and Ron, I would love to hear about your very first beer.
0: My very first beer, Um, uh, it's a teenager thing, (laughs) right? It was maybe more than 20 years ago. Exactly. We have this place in Geneva, uh, just next to the main train station called the Brasseur. And they brew their own beer. It's very regular, uh, like Pilsner beer, but they're quite all right. And uh, it's, uh, it's kind of the place to be when you're a teenager and you want to, you know, have your first beer experiences.
1: Very nice. Is there a, a legal drinking age in Switzerland? I can't remember.
0: The legal is uh, 16. Oh, uh, I might have, uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> stretched it a little <laughs> bit.
0: Maybe bit <laughs> a bit younger. But what is cool, it's they have this like huge tubes, you know. Yeah. Uh, and there is like five liters, I think. <laughs> yeah. or taps, with the taps
1: and on the, exactly, on the tables.
0: The yeah. And so you gather with friends and you have this. in the middle of your table and it's a really, you know, sharing thing, experience. And then you're just a kid so you vomit and... uh, You you have to make room
1: for more is is typically (laughs) what happened. What is the... (laughs) I can't remember. I've toured Switzerland a bunch of times. Uh, I have great memories with the decrepit birth guys on bicycles in Zurich. That was really mm-hmm. a very cool experience honestly. Uh but t- t- what is the beer like the like here in Montreal we have Molson that's everywhere. What is like the standard beer of of Switzerland because I can't remember. Like Jupiler is is like the shit beer of Belgium I want to say.
0: Mhm. Um for ages, like everywhere else, uh, there was like huge industrial beer and we have a huge industry. The biggest, I think, is Cardinal. Uh, it's in Freiburg. Okay. Um, and uh, we also have uh, a lot of uh, German beer. Uh, is Heineken is... Uh,
1: Heineken is Dutch, but I, I imagine at this point it's such a huge international conglomerate.
0: For years, it was, like, it was like Heineken beer. And... About 10 years ago, it it all started with more, um, um, you know, crafted uh, little microbrewery stuff, like this trend. Yes. And uh, now when I drink beer, I mostly only drink beers that are brewed in Geneva.
1: Nice. So what, what, what would you gravitate towards? What, what style of beer? If you're, if you're going to go to a little microbrewery in Geneva, what, what, and give some, give some shout-outs to... Uh, to local genevan breweries what what, what where would you go what, what's the name of a place that you would go and what style beer would you get
0: one that i really enjoy called the uh brasserie du virage it's uh and it's, it's what, what is virage, it's, virage it's means tur- like
1: when you turn right yeah it's like when you're on like a highway and there's like a sharp turn to the right and
0: uh it's in the countryside of geneva and uh the fabric really is in a virage. <laughs> oh, come
1: okay. with well, that! See that they had no choice but to name it that.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it, it, it's actually an interesting place because you can also bring your fruits, and mm. they will uh, do the, all the distillery thing.
1: Really? Oh, very cool! Yeah. To make like uh, you can bring like prunes or stuff like that, or apricots. Or... Very nice. Very cool. And style of beer, what would you gravitate towards? The first uh, I
0: was all about IPA for years. And uh, lately, I really enjoyed some, you know, regular uh, blonde beer.
1: That's what happens. Yeah, we get fed up. We get hopped out.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's easier to drink, and yes, you feel like it goes well with your thirst, right? <laughs> yes,
1: it's not too heavy. Albeit <laughs> this uh, this session IPA is working right now. I'm appreciating that. Uh, shout out to Drew the owner of K-Town for hooking me up with this one. Take me to the soundtrack of your youth. When you were growing up in your parents or guardians housed, what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? Um,
0: um, my father is a jazz drummer.
1: Oh, very cool. Uh,
0: no, no, it's, it's not uh, his, uh, his work, but... Uh, he, a passion. A passion for as long as I can remember. And um, so, yeah, in my youth, it was all about jazz at, at home. Really standard jazz, like Miles Davis, Louis Armstrong, really, really standard things. Um, and a little bit of rock also, like old school rock, uh, like the Beatles and very, you know, very standard stuff. Mostly jazz and a little bit of rock. Um, and uh, from my mother, it was a lot of classical music. She had this very, you know, classical education She's a pianist.
1: Okay, so a house of musicians. I love that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we went to the opera together, and so yeah, it was a mix of very classical stuff. Very well.
1: cultured. I like that. What is how is uh, having just spoken to Johannes? Uh, it's like fresh in my mind the the culture in Sweden of giving opportunities to young children to explore music and have music be a part of everyday life the same way that sports would be. Is it like that in, in, in Switzerland as well?
0: There is a huge offer for kids and music. Yes. Um, in addition of a regular music class at school, there is like so many uh, concert hall uh, rededicated to the children. That's
1: awesome for them to practice or for them to perform or both
0: both and to listen also to discover
1: because that's what Mm -hmm. you got to do right people don't understand this like all these people that there's these virtuosos out there that can just do it but if you're not exposed to what it is in the first place like even going and witnessing a live music performance is so essential for the growth of a musician of course super essential which which we at what point did you start bringing in or did you get the bite of drums in your life? Was it Ben? Was it at school? Was it your dad's jazz kit?
0: Uh, I, uh, I played a lot of piano when I was a kid. And,
1: um, was that by choice or was it, was it a, a strong recommendation from your parents? Yeah, like more
0: of a <laughs> strong recommendation than... And uh, yeah uh w- when I was maybe 12 I think my dad um bought his uh, a new drum kit and mm. he allowed me to um play on it a little bit and it ate yeah, me uh I I really find it like more, I was more comfortable uh it was it was also going with what I was listening for myself and um yeah I took few uh, lessons and um Quite uh, quickly, I started playing with bands when I was maybe 13 or 14. I I start. I was in high school, and yeah, I start playing in uh, like you know punk ska bands. It nice. Was the,
1: yes, it was all the rage for a while.
0: <laughs> Was all the rage back home, right? You know, the new
1: metal came around again. Let's see if ska comes back. I'm not sure. <laughs> My wife would be happy. Uh, I, I still say that skanking is the ugliest dance. <laughs> I'll take a mosh pit over a skank pit. You. Was, was your mom disappointed that uh, it wasn't classical music that resonated with you? Was it something she expected of you?
0: No, 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 absolutely not. Um, again, it's, uh, we it, 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 were all about, um, the music passion and the, there was no, um, more intention than just, you know, enjoying
1: exposing to, to again, yeah, happening.
0: exactly. Um, something funny l- lately, they, uh, we, we my, 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 mother sings also in a classical core and well, my dad got his, uh, band, um, uh, jazz band. And for the first time it was maybe two months ago, uh, the three of us had a gig the same night.
1: Wow! Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that that was fun.
1: <laughs> but then, like your family friends, you had. this is when you see where your alliances lied. Who they went to go see that night? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, <I'm> teasing. <laughs> um, what was that first song that you 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 mastered? Let's say on the drums as a young child, as a thirteen-year-old, as a twelve-year-old?
0: I was all about Slayer. Oh yeah! So, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was yes. the first
1: thing. It's like, I'm going to be <laughs> Paul Bastoff. I'm going to be Dave Lombardo.
0: Um, so I, I, I took the slower Slayer song, which might be South of Heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I, I, I was working on, on that.
1: Hell yes. What was your parents' reaction to the extreme music coming into the house? They were quite all right, actually. They didn't buy you headphones? or
0: They were genuinely happy that I took a really interesting music.
1: And at this point now, with with Rorcal, do, do, are they do they follow? Do they like my dad used to come to gigs uh, back when he could still do that, and he was so proud. Is that something that's happened to your? Have your parents come to a Rorcal show? Have they witnessed the the, the intensity?
0: Yes, they they, they did. Uh, they, they come when when we have a um, a release show.
1: Oh, very cool. That's so cool.
0: I love that. And um, we have a big. Um, like a music festival in Geneva, but it's it's not like a big open air, it's Mm -hmm. it's, uh, Fête de la Musique. It's it's more about all the local bands uh, in small stages all around the city. And uh, it's free for everybody. And from time to time we play there. And uh, yeah, they come, um, they come also around uh, in this situation. I wasn't expecting to talk about my parents, actually. I
1: know. I'm sorry. I love <laughs> to dig deep into people to like get who you are. And then I, we we build up into where you're at now. I, I I I work as an early childhood educator, so I feel like there's a lot that goes on in childhood that... That Which. helps frame a person. And we don't know each other that well. So I like them. This is what, if we were sitting down and drinking beer together, I'd probably be poking these questions anyways. Uh, <laughs> talk to you about Hummus Records. This is something that I find interesting. A shout out to Chris Noth, um, yeah. who is how I know about Hummus Records. Uh, Rorke Hell's like a really Swiss enterprise because hummus records is a swiss ran label it's a booking agency as well if i'm correct there talk to me about being in a relationship with them how long have you been working with them uh, i know silence was on it uh, have you always worked with them
0: um first uh hummus is not a booking a- a agency uh they share the, the name with chris who is a booker with the name hummus but the uh, hummus records has more than nothing yeah it's really separated um so uh, Silence is the third r- record with uh, uh First one was Muladona in 2019. And then uh, we had the split with the earth flesh. Yes. And Silence is, is, is the third. Um, before that, uh, we were way more DIY. We worked with smaller um, labels and uh, we do that, you know, that kind of congregation of 10 or 12 labels and, Doing stuff like that, like many, many bands. It's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) Jonah, who is the the boss in Hummus, is a friend of us from the music. He used to play in this band uh, named Kelvin. um, And uh, our singer used to play also in this band. And we we had a split, Kelvin and Rorcal, about 15 years ago. So we, we were like a bunch of friends. We were not from the same cities, uh, but we, we knew each other for, for ages. And then Jonah uh, came to play uh, with this big band, uh, The Ocean, yeah. as a guitarist. Also with Luke uh, the, um, as a drummer and um, Louis uh, as a bassist. And now Luke, Jonah, and Louis are the members of Coil Guns. And when they... Yeah, they really... It's a little team that they really start to um, want to live with the music. And I think in, in this um, uh, yeah, this energy, that, uh, Jonah created this, this label about maybe 10 years ago. And um, so when we were uh, looking for a label for the Muladona because we were a little bit tired of the, this whole DIY thing. It's, it's
1: a lot of work. Cryptopsy was independent for... Over 10 years, a little bit less than 10 years, and I can tell you it's tiresome. You need to have a lot of people wearing a lot of different hats, and they have to wear them properly. It's much more fun to be on a label and to point your finger at the label and say it's their fault if something doesn't work, rather than one of your bandmates.
0: You're the problem. <laughs> yes,
1: not us. <laughs> <Oz. laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so yeah, we, 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 we asked Shona if uh, he, he could be interested in in uh signing us and he said yeah sure i i I wasn't expecting that uh he he said i thought you were much more about freedom (laughs) you were too much about freedom to want to sign uh, a label but yeah sure and uh yeah it was it it was a really really good choice i think i
1: think so too absolutely and i agree with with cryptopsy jumping on nuclear blast is a lot has changed in the past so many years of being independent. The, the tool of social media, and you run the socials for Rorkel, so you understand this more than anyone else in your band maybe, is, is that you have to be on top of everything all the time, and the algorithm is always working against you, versus a few years ago where you could just put a post out on the internet and then all your X amount of followers would see this post. Not like that anymore. So to have a label that has the infrastructure for distribution... It's another huge thing. What a nightmare mailing out CDs. I don't know if you have flashback nightmares about these. Uh, (laughs) Print and then, of course, that's the one day that your printer doesn't work, right? You know, (laughs) you got to write everything by hand. No, no, (laughs) we're not doing that anymore. So, so good for you. And I wonder if Jenna was uh, inspired by uh, Robin and Pelagic Records. To, to take control of his own musical journey. i have to ask him about that.
0: Yeah, maybe. If you have the opportunity to, to, to talk with him, I think he's a very interesting uh, person to, to speak with about the music business in general. I think
1: it's so interesting, all these... I call them smaller labels. I don't mean this in a bad way, but like not one of the, the top five labels that are... There's so much work and they're still successful and they're still pushing everything along and they're, they're building up these bands and then... Uh, you know, hypothetically, Rorcal will get to the level where you get an offer, you, your contract expires with hummus and then you get an offer from someone bigger. And then that person has to watch their baby leave the nest and have that feeling. Are they proud? Are they, is there a a little bit of, I love that stuff. I've, I, I, I had Robin on the podcast. I asked him that exact question. Uh, talking about black metal, it's something that's foreign to me slightly. I, I listened to a little bit of it. I enjoyed the record. I enjoy what you do. Um, I'm in a death metal band and I barely do what I do. (laughs) Well, it took me many years to become a good death metal singer because I really wasn't when I joined the band. Uh, so, so I, I feel like I'm finally understanding death metal, but I'm very far away from black metal. So talk to me about the, the evolution of, of, of the genre and how much more freeing it is. I do. You mentioned that Janice always thought that you would like to have a lot of freedom, which makes sense as to how you're involved in black metal, because it's as if it's a genre that has like an elastic on it where every I mean, black metal is so many things more than it used to be.
0: Um, w- well, w- w- when we started, we were really about more like, post-hardcore Doom stuff. But uh, I think as a yeah, different musician, we all really enjoyed uh, black metal. And I think it was, yeah, quite um, uh, natural for us to, yeah, come pass from Doom to something like more black metal. And it, it was at that time with, it was this like the second generation of uh, black metal bands exactly. uh, more, more atmospheric, um, Mostly from the US scene, actually, with this um, uh, this band Wolves in the Throne Room. Yes. um, Going all, yeah, super, super hyped at that time. It was maybe, uh, yeah, 10 or 15 years ago. Um, And I think we we really uh, fall in that pit (laughs) of this second generation of black metal. Um, But we wanted to do something more aggressive. Um, also all about the atmospheres, of course, uh, but yeah, we, 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 we wanted, we wanted to keep, um, something more, uh, hardcore, more chaotic. Uh, some of us comes, comes from very, uh, experimental chaotic, um, bands. Um, and they're way more into, uh, stuff like, uh, Dillinger or, or Botch. Yes. And I, I, I think there were also those kind of influences that that was uh, in, the, in the in the mix.
1: I find it so interesting that the, the the second wave of black metal. Like I, I want to know that band that was like I'm a black metal band, but I'm allowed to do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> and I think that's interesting because death metal is a little bit more rigid. Like you, there are so many gatekeepers that that would say. Oh, they, anything different is they sold out or they've changed but black metal the second wave someone allowed it to happen and they did it well and then many other people were inspired by that and now there's this whole new realm of black metal and i think it's so interesting
0: but there's also a new realm of, of death metal in in my opinion i mean it's a uh... It's a really lively uh, genre lately, with you know those bands like Tomb Mold.
1: Oh yes, definitely uh, the, the Sanguisuga Bog, Undead. Exactly, it Frozen is so Soul.
0: I, I just love these bands.
1: Yeah, absolutely, uh, but that that might see them closer to honoring what was done before, mm-hmm. whereas what's happening with black metal, it's like they they springboarded upon the aggressive nature of black metal to satanism and the lyrical content and then the atmosphere and then and then adding all these layers of like post into it i think it's Mm -hmm. and it's very very interesting it's like a modern evolution of everything and then better production which is i tried to listen to black metal but they like it to sound bad and well they like it to sound the way they like it to sound, which is not something that I like things to sound like. So <laughs> um, on on your Instagram, which I love, it's... Um It says you're all about Satanism. So, so uh, let's, I'm I'm interested about this. So, so let's peel this back. Is that just a a good line or is there actually like a part of Satan that, that is a big, important influence on the band?
0: Yeah. Our, our Insta, it's, it's uh, a is about uh, Satan and despair. There it is. Yeah. uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Frankly, it's kind of a joke. Um, we, <laughs> you, you, you will find nothing really satanic about us. Um, and in more generally, we, I don't think we have like a message. Okay. Uh, We're we really know all about the aesthetics of what we want to do, uh, like the music for the music, and you know what we want to create as a, yeah aesthetics as an art.
1: You're like painting, like painting a sonic landscape.
0: M- much more that than uh, try to uh, convey a message, an ideology. Mm-hmm. We really know about really about that. Because
1: Satanism could be more so like about not following the rules, about pushing outside the boundaries, versus like Satanism. I love the devil.
0: No, yeah, exactly. We, we're maybe more about the uh, fuck off Satanism than uh, exactly the worship the devil. Exactly,
1: which falls back into that the label was surprised that you'd actually want to follow the rules. Mm. Are there any rules in black metal? Let's tie these two things together. I like this. Are there rules in black metal? Is there a box? And is the box ever going to quit expanding?
0: No, I think like in every genre, uh, there are some, um, some codes, uh, some, um, patter- pattern that you can uh, observe. um, that what makes the genre, but I think black metal can be pretty uh, wide.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of the widest extreme music categories, in my opinion.
0: And uh, actually, uh, lots of uh, like uh, super black metal heads doesn't consider Horkal as a black metal band.
1: Interesting. So has there been like, and this is a funny story. Cryptopsy, we got thrown onto Zeit Festival which yep. is a very black metal festival and we were playing and they did not like us. <laughs> <laughs> it was an experience. I won't tell the rest of the story cause that's not for the podcast ears. but we had a crazy night that night, but what? Yeah. So I understand that. How does that affect Rorkel? Is that a thing like you feel limitations with who you can tour with or are there enough atmospheric black metal bands for that? You guys been getting along fine.
0: Hmm. I think the really essence of our band is just doing what we want to do, and uh, it's—I know it's cheap to say that. It's—it's it's well, The episode's
1: going to be called that: "Doing What They Want With."
0: Them. Which musician won't won't say that, right? I just want to play what I want to play.
1: It's it's true, but a lot of the times you get you get stuck within a framework, like Cannibal Corpse, let's say. Mm. I'm sure they play what they want to play, but they gotta play Cannibal Corpse songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know what I mean. So, so I feel like you guys are in a bit more of a free, atmospheric uh, realm where you can throw in as much stuff as you want, and there's less constriction.
0: Yeah. One one thing is for sure: when it sounds too much like something we already uh, uh, write, yeah, we uh, throw it in a bin. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Like if it's like like sonically, like the landscape feeling, or like note wise, or beat wise, like what what what?
0: It can, really it can be anything, but uh, uh, um, regular writing process for us is. But we already did that.
1: Okay, so it makes it tedious, and it seems like you guys f- have to struggle and fight it out until you get something fresh.
0: It's getting uh, harder at every record because there's more
1: material. Do you keep the riffs in the bin though? Or those ideas, when you throw them away, sometimes you bring them yeah, back.
0: They're, they're, they are somewhere uh, in some hard drive. Somewhere. Exactly.
1: <laughs> It'll be the hidden Rorcal uh, album that comes out after after the apocalypse.
0: Exactly. <laughs> uh, but again, uh, you read some comments on our um, new record, and uh, people, uh, some people would say, "Yeah, it's Rorcal. They play Rorcal."
1: Mm. that's interesting so yeah there's a stamp of of your identity despite the fact that you're fighting to constantly create something new yes that's that's cool that it's like a thumbprint that's the people know it's you which is great
0: yeah well you can see the the good way it's it's (laughs) great
1: i'm a very positive man as you can see (laughs) the glass is always half full the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in if you are planning to come to any of these shows you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxenhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there that's voxenhops.com slash summer do it people come hang out with me Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. I like making collabs. Uh, I've made beer with Kanawaki before. I've released over 35 in the past year. I've released probably 80 since the creation of the podcast. I love beer. It's a big part of my identity. It might not work for Roark but... If you could create anything, create a collab, what would that be? The perfect Roarcal collab. For me it's a beer, but for you
0: it could be something different. Jeez, I don't know. Uh, we were we were all about whiskey for for years. <laughs> Maybe a whiskey. A whiskey
1: would be sick. What what kind of whiskey? What 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 was your your poisons? Are you an Islay smoky whiskies or
0: Yeah. I used to be a, I, I, I cannot drink whiskey anymore.
1: What happened? I don't know. What, what happened?
0: I, I, I lost the taste. I really lost the taste for it. Mm. But for years, uh, yeah, it was all about Islay, super peated whiskey. And yeah, but why not? Why not a Rocal whiskey?
1: <laughs> I think it'd be cool if there's any distillers out there listening to the episode. Shoot me a message. I'll put you in contact with Ron here, and you can create a Rocal whiskey. Uh, it'd have to look real cool. That's that's my favorite part of all these projects that I do is the aesthetic of it. I love creating something. A, a, f- a black whiskey, yes, <laughs> with with tears, <laughs> a small child's tears in it. <laughs> um. It's early 2024. I'll give some people the context of where we are as we're having this conversation. I would love to hear, I call this my fight the hops question. Um, what is a goal that you're working on right now, a short-term goal, something that you're hoping to accomplish within the next month, two, three months, something that's right there, something that if you put the work in, you will achieve it. What are you doing right now to fight the hops?
0: Uh, we're uh, all uh, on the booking right now. Okay. Okay. Uh. We have a tour, we, we, we're finishing the booking of a tour in April, and we're starting.
1: Is that all you? Like, you guys still do that DIY? Well,
0: uh, it's the first time we don't. Good because that also record.
1: a lot of work and then like post pandemic too it's like all your contacts that you had before the pandemic hypothetically are not still doing what they were doing before the pandemic so, and venues are gone and yada yada yada
0: i did the booking for the past uh, yeah five years i wow. think so with the, before that it was our former um bassist um,
1: that's why he quit, because booking a tour sucks. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, now we have uh, an agency for France and an agency for the rest of Europe.
1: Nice. Give him a shout out. Who, who, who are you working with now?
0: For France, uh, this is the guy from uh, an agency called 3C And uh, we're just starting uh, working with uh, Killtown for the rest of uh, Europe.
1: Good. Hopefully they hop you on to. So, so though the one you're doing in April, is that a headlining run?
0: Uh, we, we will, um, we, we haven't spoke about that. <laughs> <Okay. before. laughs> no, uh, we, 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 will, um, play with uh, another Swiss band called Abraham. Oh yeah. Belgi. I love them too.
1: Yeah. On Pelagic records. Yeah. Uh,
0: mostly Belgium and France, a little bit Switzerland also. And, uh, if everything goes right in October, we are doing with, a. Uh, is Australian band called Lo. Yeah, also from- also,
1: they're so good. They they were number 1 on Jimbo's list if I remember correctly yes, yes. from the the review crew, uh, the Vox and Hobbs crew. Love that record. There's a rat song. Oh, something about rats is one of the songs. if I remember Rat King or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is the near future for Horkal. We we really really want to try to tour as much as possible in 2024 uh, 24.
1: Hell yes. Well, if you I I would love to see you come over here. And if ever you do, we will come and hang out. I'm going over there soon, but I'm not sure I'm getting any close enough to you, sadly. I'm not sure. We're not hitting Geneva, sadly. I have played Geneva before, and I walked next to the water. It was in a huge venue next to the water, and there was I walked yeah, down. Lusine. A, pardon? Lusine, exactly. The, the
0: name is Lusine. Yeah, and okay. there's a, so, a, a so huge the fountain.
1: Stage. I remember that. It was a good day. It was a good day. We played with Hierophant. It was a good day. Um, one last question. Classic Vox and Hops wrap up question. Uh, It probably doesn't happen to you very often because you seem responsible, but hypothetically, back when you were enjoying too much of those whiskeys, and if in the future, if that distiller makes you a black whiskey with children's tears in it, um, what is your hangover cure?
0: Uh, Drinking more? No. (laughs) 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 My drinking cure is um, being in pain. Uh, and uh, remember that I'm supposed to be more responsible of that and drown in guilt
1: yeah, yeah that's called that's a hang anxiety sometimes when you're hung, <laughs> it's true it's a real thing um- <laughs>
0: When, sometimes when you, you're
1: hungover, you, you end up having an anxiety attack, too, that ropes into it called anxiety. It's a true thing. Google it. But <laughs> 2024. There's, there's all kinds of things out there that affect us all the time. Uh, Ron, thank you so, so much for taking the time, hanging out with me, talking about your life, talking about music, talking a little bit about craft beer. Um, go check it out, people. Roar Cow, Silence, came out September 29th. Uh, it was Jerry Monk's second top album of 2023. I'm sure you guys are going to like it, too. Massive cheers.
0: Cheers. Thank you very much for having us here.
1: Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was an awesome conversation. I love connecting with musicians that I've never met before, people that uh, I've never had the pleasure of crossing paths with, uh, whether I'm on the road or whether uh, working here in Montreal and going to see shows. And I'm stoked that it's the album review crew that introduced me to another band. I I just love this so much. Massive cheers to Jerry Monk for being a part of my life. Uh, I had a great chat with Ron. I really, really, really find it... Truly interesting, the artistic freedom that black metal has over death metal. It's something that I like to talk about with people that play that style of music. Uh, You may have noticed that with other podcasts that I've uh, recorded with black metal artists. I think there's a lot of freedom in black metal. I think that it is extremely creative and artistic and that they can truly paint a sonic landscape with their music. And that's exactly what WarCal are doing. Massive, massive cheers to Ron for sitting down with me. And I hope that his parents listen to this episode because we talked a lot about them. And if you did, cheers uh, for encouraging uh, your child to become a musician and supporting him and giving him opportunities to become a fantastic musician, which is exactly what he's become. Very stoked to hang out with Ron. Hopefully he comes out when Cryptopsy comes through to Switzerland on the Unquestionable Blasphemy Tour alongside Atheists and Almost Dead. I'd be super stoked to see you there, Ron. Massive cheers. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcasts mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxenhops.com. That's V O X A N D H O P S dot com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week that contains all of the details of everything that has happened in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You will get to see which episodes I dropped recently. You will also get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will get to hear about any projects I have in the works for the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. And you will also be updated on whatever I got going on with Cryptopsy. That's right. Cryptopsy, we just dropped our brand new album back in September of 2023 and we are doing a whole bunch of stuff. We are planning a massive 2024 starting with that European tour, uh, the Unquestionable Blasphemy Tour with Atheists that's coming up at the end of February. It's running all across Europe until the end of March. You also get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently and you will get to see which albums Jerry Monk, Vox and Hops' Metal Architect has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist. There's always a lot of stuff going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, and I hate when you miss a single thing, so do me a favor and sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound, Media, and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer rest of the week. I will be back next week on Tuesday with yet another Heavy Montreal Presents Vox and Hops episode, but this time I will be with Ethan McCarthy of Primitive Man. But until then, I hope that you remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians.